Welcome to A Voice from the Hills. I'm James Warner, co-founder of Silicon Hills Wealth Management here in Austin, Texas, with our In Case You Missed It edition, which is kind of a recap of episodes one through eight of our Voice from the Hills podcast. You know, when we started the Voice from the Hills podcast, we had three basic questions. Number one, why are we doing this? Does the world really need another podcast? And do we really need to be the one that's doing it? And what we decided is we really wanted to introduce our clients and partners to the tremendous people that we collaborate with and learn from on a regular basis. But we also wanted to provide some more insight into the strategies we follow and really the soul and the data behind those strategies. In episode one, Michael Davila and Anne-Marie Hatfield from College Inroads brought us insights on college funding, planning, and readiness, but ultimately about finding the right fit. Interestingly enough, the major that he was interested in There was only six or seven colleges across the U.S. and Canada that had his major. And the school he wanted to go to was one of them. But there were two schools in Oklahoma that had that major. And so his mama dragged him on the airplane and said, Mike said you need to go visit these schools, so we are going to visit these schools. He stepped on foot of Tulsa University and fell in love. In fact, he was on the the cover of the business school magazine his very first year he ended up being an ambassador and a like a tour guide for the university oh wow got an amazing internship his junior year of college that translated into his career out of college in episode six professor russell james on the eve of his induction into the charitable planning hall of fame gave a tour de force presentation on impactful charitable giving strategies one of the kind of gateway techniques that we that we utilize, and I think you refer to it really as a charitable swap, whereby you have a client that has a specific charitable intention. Maybe they want to give $100,000, and they actually have $100,000 in cash to give, but they also have $100,000 in appreciated assets. Can you talk through, when you mentioned the term charitable swap, if you were going to describe that to somebody in that situation, how, how that plays out and why that's important? Sure, absolutely. It's really the very first of all the techniques that is important for the advisor to understand. So a very simple case, as you say, a person's getting ready to write a check for $100,000. And we say, do you happen to have any appreciated securities that you might want to give instead? And the donor or the client says, yeah, I've got that shares of Apple stock, but I'm not really ready to sell those right now. I want to keep those in my portfolio. Well, actually, you don't have to change your portfolio at all. We just take those old shares of Apple stock that have all that gain in them. We give those to the charity. We use the cash that you are going to have given to the charity. And we immediately, at the same moment, in the same day, we purchase brand new shares of Apple stock. Now, you still have the same number of shares of Apple stock. It's just that you've wiped out all of the capital gain from those shares of stock in your uh, portfolio. In episode three, Dr. Jack Vogel of Alpha Architect gave us a conversational white paper of factor investing and the use of data to help keep our investors' emotions in check. We focus specifically on the value factor as well as the momentum factor. Now, we use other factors that are known as well. So within our value process, we use a quality filter, right? Quality is looking for firms that have, you know, better return on assets. Their margins are increasing, right? And within Momentum, we attempt to sort out some of the higher volatility firms. I'll give you a a real live experience. The past couple of times we've rerun our Momentum filter, we've seen GameStop come up. 
And GameStop, while it is a high momentum stock, definitely has a ton of volatility. Our frog in the pan process, which attempts to kind of screen out some low volatility firms, kicked that firm out of our process. Now, Conkern was highlighting that across the past 40 years, academics have been testing a lot of these factors and come up with hundreds, like it was like 400 plus, which he cites. And what he highlights, and there's a couple of other papers actually that are out there nowadays, basically I found that there's really only four to six factors that when you include them all, you can account for like 95 to 98% of the market's movements. Now, just as important as to why you know, do we start a new podcast, the other important question that we had to really think about is what should we talk about? I mean, at our core, we are a wealth management firm, but accumulating wealth is merely a part of the overall journey. The good stuff lies in trading that wealth for experience, using that wealth on behalf of your family and community, and doing so in a way that honors the diligence and thoughtfulness you've used to accumulate that wealth in the first place. In episode two, Carl Anderson takes us on a two-part journey to travel destinations and reminds us that who we travel with is just as important as the ultimate destination. Well, let's talk about another uh, a destination that we talked about at, at some point, Antarctica. Yeah. It's got to be on some people's bucket list. How, how, do, how do you make that happen? Well, I hope so, because it's definitely on my bucket list, and it's it's something that's become much more popular these days for a variety of reasons. It used to be that Antarctica was a place that uh, only a few people could ever reach. You know, the weather guys were down there at their weather stations, and that's about the only people you'd see in Antarctica. But because of technology and because of uh, the new ships that are being built, mostly uh, within the luxury um, scale of the cruises, we, we now can reach Antarctica in a way that we've never been able to do before. So this is really becoming now uh, a destination that's becoming more popular. And, you know, it's not only Antarctica, it's the polar regions of the North Pole, northern Norway, northern lights, that area up there. These are all regions that even a decade ago couldn't be reached. But now with the advent of these brand new cruise ships that are being purpose built so that they can handle the region better than other ships, this has now become much more popular among travelers and Again, it's like Africa. This is a way to see a destination without kind of roughing it, if you will. You're not really roughing it because you're actually going to be in the lap of luxury on a cruise ship that's going to have only 200 passengers. You're going to be eating. It's fine dining. Service levels are over the top. So, you know, you get the best of both worlds. And then one of the hallmarks of your company, obviously, is the the hosted journeys initiative that you have. Can you talk through what, you know, what that is for people who aren't familiar with it? Sure. So one trend we've seen among our clients is they, they want to travel, but they enjoy traveling in groups of like-minded people, friends, family, whatever it might be. So we, we saw a, a big demand over the years for these types of trips. And what we've done is we've developed several trips that we host every year, and we're ramping that up to include several different opportunities for our clients, friends, family to join us on these adventures. It might be a cruise. We're doing a cruise in the Mediterranean next year. It might be a local trip, Caribbean, Mexico type of trip where it's more of a beach escape. But we find that our clients uh, enjoy traveling not only with friends and family, but with a host so that if there are issues during the trip, there's someone you can always uh, count on to talk to and, and make it a much more enjoyable experience. In episode four, Andy Bell and Shalea Fox remind us of the importance of showing up both in and for your community. 
and they give us a great example of how you match your passion and your resources to build up the community you live in. And, and the people that you work with, how, how long do you think it takes to turn a brand new donor into a truly engaged donor? You know, I think that that is such an, a great question. And I think it one that is, it varies depending on the donor. So one of the, my most favorite recent quotes that I've heard about giving is that fundraising happens at the speed of trust and you can't speed that process up. There's really no way. And because there are people who give out of loyalty, they've already had that trust built in. And it's really about making sure that you are staying connected to them so that they know that it is their time to give, right? And there are donors who just simply want that. They want to get that end of the year letter appeal. They want to get that annual report. They want to be reminded that, hey, we're here. We're still doing good work. Thank you so much for your support. It's time to give again. But what we're seeing with the next generation, it's if I could say, and I don't say that around age, but just this new wave just of mindset, maybe exactly so of else. philanthropists, because I don't know that there's ever been an easier time to be a philanthropist. There's GoFundMes, there's all these crowdsourcing. And I, I want to say is if you are giving, it does not matter the amount. If you are taking from your pockets or your time and you are giving to an organization that is mission driven, you are a philanthropist. And I think what we're seeing in this new wave or this new vision around giving is that people, they want that they want to be loyal, but that loyal comes after they understand the impact of their gift and they understand how it relates back to their values. In episode eight, Matt Ott of Black Fret reminds us that a properly curated charitable experience provides benefits for local artists in the case of Black Fret, but also provides an engaging experience for the donors and members of the organization. It's a win-win situation when it really works. And so Forbes called Black Fred, I'm going to read off this, a symphony-style model that promotes local artists. So did they kind of nail that? Talk us through that advocacy model. What From the members ultimately to the artist, how does all that flow? Thank you for that question. That's really the crux of the experiential model that I'm talking about. When you become a member of Black Fred, you're not just invited to the events you're fully empowered to have your voice heard. You get to nominate the bands that you love. You get to come to the events, meet with the musicians, meet your fellow members, and then even at the end of the year, vote for the allocation of grant dollars. Our members guide the direction of the organization. And they do so with in chorus with a couple of other really wonderful constituencies. After our first year, we made artists who'd received grants from us eligible to nominate the bands that they love. So not only we're getting the member's voice, but we're getting the voice of the artists themselves. The third question that we had to give some thought to, you know, as we brought the podcast forward is who should we talk to and who will be listening? And our guests are people that break new ground. They push the envelope. They're recognized experts in their field with valuable experience and perspective. But we also want to celebrate our own people and their accomplishments. Our listeners are the people who, work, who we work closely with, the advisors and professionals that challenge us and look to our firm for guidance and partnership. They're people that look forward to doing better, getting better, and pursuing significance for themselves, their families, and the communities they support. In Episode 7, Perth Toll takes us on a complex path of entrepreneurship and explains how freedom is an important investment factor but also reminds us that every successful destination involves a journey filled with uncertainty. 
when you started your your career as a financial advisor, you had clients that actually came from Russia that would tell you, invest my money anywhere you want, but don't invest it in Russia. There was this... (laughs) Instead of the home country bias we see in the U.S., it was the opposite, right? It was the exact opposite of home country bias, yes. (laughs) My Russian client actually said to me, investing in Russia would be like funding terrorism. So that's how he felt about it. What advice would you give someone who has a similar dream to yours? What factors should they consider before they decide to leave what might be a comfortable environment for what might be one of more significance? Well, if you consider all the factors, you're never going to leave your comfortable, cushy job. So if I had considered all the factors, like the paycheck I was getting from Fidelity, the flexibility I had at work, my amazing team and my amazing clients, like I would have never left because it just doesn't make sense. Being an entrepreneur doesn't make sense from on paper at all. But once you have fire that you can't put out, Nothing is going to stop you. Nothing is going to stand in your way. So there's really nothing I can say (laughs) to help someone take that leap or not. But what I can tell you is no matter who you are, even if you're a mom or, or you have all these other seemingly insurmountable obstacles, you will be equipped to do it if you were called to do it. In episode five, Silicon Hill's own Glenna Molina joins us to celebrate her inclusion as an ATX woman to watch in 2021 and describes the role of joy in the development and implementation of financial plans. In one of our company retreats, you brought out joy as a core value of our firm. Can, uh, that, that was really interesting to me because I never thought of joy and financial planning in the same mm-hmm. sentence, to be honest even though I, I enjoy it and, and get some enjoyment out of it. I never put those two together. What, what made you put joy at the center of your value proposition? Joy, it's because when people are going through the financial planning process, they may feel that it's boring, mundane, all these negative connotations with it. And I wanted to change that narrative. I wanted to say, no, this process is joy because at the end of us building your financial plan, you will have that sense, that peace of mind, and then hopefully become joyful or be joyful because then you'll be able to accomplish your goals. Is succeeding those goals or achieving them and have more time to do X, Y, Z, whatever is important to you. And going back to the narrative of being joy and joyful and that experience being joyful, is just to have fun. I like to say, put the fun in financial planning. And that's just because if I can see it on your face, if you're not enjoying this experience, then we're both not going to enjoy it. Let's collaborate. Let's work on it together. Let's make this a fun activity. Our mission on the Voice from the Hills podcast and everything we do here at Silicon Hills as a firm is to do our best possible work today and do better tomorrow. Like most new endeavors, the key is to begin before you're actually ready, to celebrate the wins, learn from the mistakes, and stay true to the overall goals and expectations that you set for yourself. We are only eight episodes in, and our best work is in our future, but we are proud of the work we've done thus far. And we look forward to providing engaging and insightful content that continually informs, motivates, and challenges us all. And at the core of that mindset is a spirit of thankfulness and partnership. We're thankful to all of our guests, to my daughter, Caitlin, who's the other voice that you hear on every podcast, to Lily, who engineers, distributes, and generally makes us all look and sound our best, to Tom, who selflessly added another project to his already full plate, to Mr. Toodle, who integrates our shows into our communication platform, to Emily, who serves as a constant motivator and instructor, and to Katya, Glenda, Scott, D, 
Dean, Ilias, Priam, and everyone at Silicon Hills that has helped us get A Voice from the Hills off the ground. We couldn't have done it without you. And of course, we have to thank our partners, clients, family, and friends for listening, encouraging, and guiding us along the way. Thank you so much. Because as we always say, we can only do our best work when you are here to listen.